coming up on podcast 1705 maserati will consider removing dc fast charging to save weight what stick around we'll find out more also on the show today we'll talk about sales at rivian bmw and audi for their electric vehicles the EV tax credit battle is far from over in the US. And how well do you think VinFast will do outside of Vietnam? Well, we'll have a look at what they're up to. Those stories and a lot more coming up on today's podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. Welcome to EV News Daily. Uh, This is your trusted source of EV information for today, Thursday, 5th of January. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with news of Maserati. So a bit of background owned by Stellantis these days. Of course, they came into that because they were part of Fiat when Stellantis was formed. And before that, they were part of Ferrari, owned by Ferrari and connected with Italian brands like Alfa Romeo. So lots of passion, lots of storied history there. And so much of Maserati tied up in the sound of a V6. And so it'd be interesting how they go electric. It's an edge case. They sell between, I think, about twenty to 30,000 vehicles globally a year. So this is not a big seller. But what's interesting is the things they're talking about. So a bit of background. I think they've probably had a big old sit down with Autocar Magazine, one of the mags that I subscribe to that drops in my letterbox. By the look of it, they've had a, a good old chinwag with this publication. One of the cars they talk about is the MC20 Folgore. Now, I think that's how I say that. It's uh, uh, the name they're going to give to all of their EVs, and they're taking the traditional styling of their cars, and they want to take the traditional handling, they say, and add the EV torque and the acceleration. Well, of course, EVs are going to be four or 500 kilos heavier, so that's going to be interesting how they do that. Now, in a rare interview with Autocar, the Maserati CEO, Davide Grasso, outlined his expectations for the MC20 Fulgore, one of six EVs Maserati's launching by 2026. They're phasing out combustion engines by the end of the decade. They're serious about this. It's, a, it's an Italian brand rooted in combustion very, very serious about going electric. So this tells you a lot about uh, where they're going versus Ferrari's plans to launch their EVs. I think 2025 McLaren have been very lukewarm on electrification. Honda as well with their NSX successor, no confirmed launch date for that. As part of the autocar sit down, I think they got to talk to one of the very senior people there. And her name is Anna Paola Reginato. She is the global head of e-mobility. Now, I think she used to work at Nissan, maybe in the early days of the Leaf, even launching the Leaf. So, very, very established person in the EV industry. She says that Maserati would remove, or could, fast charging technology from their EVs in order to save weight even if it means that the cars take longer to charge. Speaking to Autocar, Anna Paola Reginato highlighted the contradiction of cars spending 70% of their time stationary and the desire to charge them as fast as possible when you want. She proposed a solution of using slow AC charging to enjoy the benefits of weight and cost savings. She says, and I quote, Think of the weight of an onboard charger, 40 kilograms. We spend millions trying to engineer 40 kilograms out of a car. So if we can shift attitudes towards slower charging, there are huge potential benefits. But we are not there yet, and that's why we have to be flexible but ready, end quote. She also believes Maserati will have a hard job marketing its new era of EVs uh, compared to engineering them. She said, and I quote, it's easier but not easy to deliver high-performing electric vehicles than it is a combustion engine one. Our Maserati Gran Turismo Fulgore will arrive with 760 horsepower and a 0-62 time of 2.7 seconds, for instance. So the engineering they can do, and there's some great YouTube videos out there. Top Gear had one last year, Autocar, 
got a great YouTube video of driving this this grand tourer on the track. And so what do you think about the idea of removing DC fast charging to save 40 kilograms of weight? I can't see any possible reason why they would even bring that up in an interview because it has since been picked up. I've seen it on social media. It's a debate now. What do you think? Do you think you could get away with just AC charging a car? For a Maserati now, look, the combustion version costs 150 grand of the Grand Tourer, but the the EV version could cost 200 grand. It would be madness for them to drop DC fast charging. But what what do you think? What do you think? Let me know. You can always email me, hello at evnewsdaily.com. I can't possibly imagine a world where somebody would spend that much money on a Grand Tourer and then not be able to DC fast charge it for the sake of... 40 kilograms of weight. It just seems such a ridiculous thing to even put out there to the media. But let me also add, I can understand a world where Maserati would make a track-focused car and take it out because if you are doing a track day, maybe you'll burn through the, you know, your 250 miles of range in 80 miles at peak power or something, but that might be all you need. So maybe they should make a version that is like a, a super lightweight with loads of carbon fiber bits, no DC fast charging. And if you've got bazillions in the bank and you want, you know, your fifth or sixth or seventh car in the garage and you really want a track focused car, take out DC fast charging. But I mean, you can't. Maserati cannot sell a road car that doesn't DC fast charge. So I think it's a strange thing to do to talk about, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Maybe there are some advantages that I haven't uh, thought about. Let me know. Let's move on. Rivian, their full year production target of 25,000 vehicles. The company said yesterday they halved their initial production target of 50,000 back in March last year, and they said that they produced 24,337, and they wanted to get 25,000, so missing it by a few hundred. And in the fourth quarter, they built 10,000 vehicles alone and delivered 8,000. Like other EV makers, says Reuters, supply chain disruptions have pressured Rivian, which have also, they've shelved a plan to make a van in Europe with Mercedes-Benz. They've pushed back the smaller R2 vehicle to at least 2026. And the $5 billion plant in Georgia delayed. In an email sent to employees by the chief exec, RJ Scaringe, uh, the company did actually build... 25,051, they hit it, but they weren't what they call factory-gated. In other words, signed off for customers. So well done, Rivian. It's not massive numbers in the grand scheme of things, but they're getting their fabulously difficult task uh, ahead of them. they got cash in the bank, but they're burning through it. And so good luck to Rivian uh, with 2023. Audi of America released their fourth quarter numbers. And yes, times are tough at all car makers, but guess what? It's the EV division that's growing. Surprise, surprise. Double-digit growth, 47% up in 2022 compared to the previous year. Uh, Audi released two new electric SUVs, uh, the Q4 e-tron and the Sportback version of that. Actual customer deliveries began in 2022 for that, and uh, they did deliver 45 of them in 2021, but you can't really look year on year. Um, the original e-tron, the original e-tron Big Daddy, uh, is declining a little bit in sales in the US, but I think maybe some people have moved to the Q4. I don't think those vehicles are massively comparable, though, because the Q4 e-tron built on the MEB platform from VW, whereas the e-tron just feels more luxurious. The materials feel nicer. It just feels a bit more bespoke, actually. The Q4 e-tron is a lot of money for what is you know, a fancy pants ID4. So mm, I don't have an, I'd have an e-tron big battery every day of the week. That's getting a new version as well, of course, coming soon. BMW 
have also been updating their 2022 numbers. They did sell 100,000 fewer cars last year. All the car companies are having problems. But guess what? Guess what? Their fully electric division... Well, that is in double-digit growth. They plan to raise the share of battery electric vehicles to 15% of the entire BMW group this year, they added. VM, uh, VM, uh, VW uh, Group CEO, uh, the new guy in charge, Oliver Bloom, but also in charge of Porsche, has been outlining his vision at a meeting in an interview with Car Magazine. He outlined his vision for Porsche as well. Answering a question about the evolution of how Porsche goes electric, he said the entire lineup will offer a combination of Combustion, hybrid, and battery electric. The Cayenne and Panamera will have hybrid and combustion versions. The McCann, full electric. Taycan, of course, on the road already. And he also added there'll be a sporty hybridization of the 911 as the 718 twins go electric. He stressed again the company will keep internal combustion for the 911 as long as possible and also using synthetic fuels as a means to extend that run. He is much more of an e-fuels guy than his predecessor Herbert Deese ever was. And so I'm not sure, you know, I'm not so sure how this is going to pan out because he really wants to, you know, go a bit sort of softly, softly in terms of the move to electric. He likes the idea of synthetic fuels and I don't know, look at the way that Maserati are doing it. They're saying combustion or electric. No plug-in hybrids, no soft hybrid, no little bit of battery here and there, the way that kind of McLaren are doing it. Maserati is saying, look, either way, you can have the petrol version till the end of the decade or we'll go full electric, either or. I kind of like that. Um, he, uh, Oliver Bloom confirmed once again there will be a, a luxurious SUV coming out of Porsche above the Cayenne on the SSP platform. I'll pop a link to that story from Autoblog in the show notes. GM have wrestled their sales crown back from Toyota in the US in 2022. In 2021, they got beaten by Toyota, but last year uh, they were back on top in the US. The Chevy Silverado was the top seller with 513,000 units sold. This isn't an EV story, but why do I bring it up for you? Because the top sellers were the Silverado, the Equinox as well, selling 212,000 units to get GM back above Toyota in the US. And that's important because GM have big plans to electric electrify, go full electric with the Silverado and the Equinox as well. They're big. Just a reminder, they're not just messing around at the edges. They do want to take their biggest sellers in combustion world and make them go electric like Ford have done with the F-150. So very, very important. Right, stick around. Coming up on the podcast soon. The fight over the EV tax credit in the US is far from over. And how will VinFast do in the US? We'll find out. Stick around. Ooh, just a quickie while I mention it, yesterday's podcast is a big segment on the VW ID7. That's the full name now of the ID Aero. And as that was being announced in CES in Vegas, they were also driving that in, by the look of it, somewhere very cold, because spy shots have emerged of the ID7 with no camo on. Uh, a bit of camo around the front end, uh, dominated by a full-width light bar at the rear as well. MEB platform, the ID7 will have more range. We think almost a 90-kilowatt-hour battery and a revised interior as well. Not going back to the clicky buttons yet. That's a real shame. They are coming back because VW have realised, oopsie, we messed up there. Um, But a big, big screen in the front, biggest of the MEB cars. And, uh, yeah, with less camo on, the car looks very much like an EQE in places, in some angles. As well, I was comparing it to a Model 3 yesterday, but it's definitely not. It's a, it's a segment up from that, or it's going to at least be able to compete with cars like the Merc EQE. So it looks uh, it looks like it's coming along nicely, but not fully baked. Now, the fight over the EV tax credits 
is still going on in the US. Why is that? Because we're into January. Shouldn't this be sorted? But it's not. The Treasury Department publishing new information about how it's going to implement the clean vehicle tax credits. They pushed that back to March. The publication of the official tax guidance will cut vehicles manufactured overseas off the eligibility list and begin advantaging models made at home in the US. The delay, the three-month delay, comes after months of lobbying against the credits by partners. Uh, The department put out documents uh, on Thursday last week laying out the anticipated direction of guidance planned for March, which will formalise the new vehicle tax credit, uh, the things like the battery critical mineral components that's going to be clarified again it's just kicking it down the 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 road a little bit by three months until then they've said look it's just not applicable we can't uh, work this out now so uh, the federal tax credit uh, applies regardless of where the battery comes from other notable details in a fact sheet from the treasury about the credit suggest the department is interpreting the commercial version of the credit with a very broad interpretation people like joe manchin didn't intend this to be the case but the taxpayer could well be uh, stumping up some cash for commercial vehicles that they never thought would be commercial vehicles if you buy a car to use in a trade or business they class that as a commercial vehicle so you could be buying a truck and you say, well, no, no, it's my business truck. Well, then that would get the commercial tax credit, which is much more generous. And there's no battery requirements uh, connected with anything to do with light duty vehicles or or using a vehicle for work. The loophole for the foreign vehicle manufacturers uh, could well be exploited there because you could make those trucks outside the US. The batteries could be made anywhere and they get the full amount. It is still fabulously complicated. And even they haven't worked it out yet. Right, let's talk about VinFast delivering cars to the US, 999 of them. But now they've got to find customers for those cars. And the first one, the VF8, has a two-year lease offer to attract first-time buyers in California. $599 for two years, based on an MSRP of 55000 and 10,000 miles a year. What does this go up against? Well, cars like the Model Y, perhaps, if you look at the lease price, the annual mileage and the down payment of a Model Y long range, it'll be $831. That's $232 more than a VinFast VF8, according to CarBars.com, who've been looking at the leasing on this. But hang on a minute. The VF8 comes with an 82 kilowatt hour battery and the VinFast, but it does 179 miles EPA. What? (laughs) What? That doesn't even compare to a Model Y. You can't possibly compare that car to the Tesla Model Y because the Model Y is faster and goes a heck of a long way more. Is that even right? Well, I thought I'd better look into it. And yes, it is. The VF8 does have 179 miles of range from an 82 kilowatt hour battery. The best comparison that uh, the Auto Evolution website came up with was the VW ID4, also 82 kilowatt hour pack, but you only get 77 of that usable. Yeah, and that'll do 275 miles, not 179. What on earth are VinFast doing underneath the skin to take that much battery and go so few miles? Holy bazookas. Now, the ID4 does come with a four-wheel drive version, which the VinFast is, and that'll do 255 miles. Still more than 179. Holy bazookas. VinFast have said that it will get better with software updates. That seems odd to launch a car in the US where distances are, uh, this makes sense, where distances are longer. I know distances are the same around the world, but in the US, people travel further. And to have a low range car, it's like when Mazda launched the MX 30 with 100 miles. You go, what? 
what? What's the point of that? The VF8 City Edition will cost, yeah, less money than a Model Y or an ID4. Not much less than an ID4, because an ID4 all-wheel drive is 47 grand. You get 275 miles from the, the rear-wheel drive version. So, holy moly, VinFast, what are you doing with all that battery and not going very far with it. Now let's talk home charging. And ABB have announced a new AC charger for homes that go on sale this year in the US at the CES show in Las Vegas. The new uh, wall box they've called Terra, T-E-R-R-A, uh, will give preference to excess renewable, like solar that's not being used. That's good. I thought, I thought most EV chargers could do that. A lot of the ones I look at in the UK can do that already, but... It seems a lot of them can't. I didn't think that was uh, big news, but they were trumpeting the fact that it will use excess. And like my Zappy has done for years, by the way, uh, the Terra Home supports plug and charge. So if you have this a business and you set it up with plug and charge for your plug and charge car, you can get home or you can go to your business or workplace, plug it in, your car will start charging. But if anybody else wants to use it, they've got to use an RFID card or an app. That's interesting. Okay, that's cool. Right, let's talk about NVIDIA. They want you to play games in your EVs. GeForce Now is a cloud gaming service. I'm not aware of it. I'm not a big gamer. But Hyundai, BYD, and Polestar will add this to their vehicles. It's got 25 million users and 1,000 games. So it's clearly big news. It remains to be seen what's possible because it needs an internet connection and 4G might not cut it. The VP at Automotive at NVIDIA uh, said in the press conference, Wi-Fi would be better. So there you go. You've got to sit outside your house on Wi-Fi playing a game in your car. I don't get it, but uh, I'm not a gamer, so maybe I'm missing something. GeForce Now is all about real-time gaming. You can stream games while you're parked or passengers can play. Uh, It costs $20 a month uh, for GeForce Now, so $250 a year to go play games in your car. Not for me, but they're putting the high-power gaming with their RTX 4080, they say, into cars like Hyundai's, BYD's, and Polestar's. Maybe catching up with Tesla. I don't know, but again, I don't understand gaming in in Tesla's, apart from a quick 20 minutes on a fun little game while you're charging. Anything that you've got to sit down and play for hours, like high-end stuff, I'm not doing that in a car. Either way, some people might. Uh, New York City is buying 900 EVs to go green in their municipal fleet. Vans, pickup trucks, sanitation trucks, garbage vehicles, all part of the move to electrification. The plan was announced by Mayor Eric Adams yesterday to fulfil New York City's promise to go carbon-free by 2040. Funded by a $10 million federal grant, uh, they will install as well over 300 EV chargers around the city to move their fleet electric 4000 of those vehicles are electric already so adding another thousand to those uh, voya is a chinese company coming to europe voya uh, have a an suv called the free and they capitalize it stylize it in capitals f-r-e-e and, and i quite like this car by the way um 136 of them are now on the road in uh, norway oslo trondheim and other places in norway as well uh, 500 of them just arrived in norway so they're going to add to the total uh, voya is a high-end brand under the Dongfeng chinese company Using Norway as a stepping stone, says carnewschina.com. They will spread around Europe. The Voya Free uh, is an SUV with either rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. It's a high-end luxury car. It's got a three-meter wheelbase. It's five meters long. It tows two tons. It's got, like like I said, dual motors, um, 107-kilowatt-hour battery, uh, 500 kilometers range. It's a really nice, really nice Chinese SUV. A very luxurious, quick as well. 
these cars are arriving and some of them are going to fly and some of them won't. Well, interesting to see which brands, whether it's Xpeng or BYD or Neo or Voyeur or more, that make their way from China to Europe and the US. Talking of companies like that, Neo, their third-gen battery swap stations are going to be built from March, and their new chargers will be rolled out in March as well. Uh, these chargers will have 660 amp connections and 500 kilowatt charge speed. So if you've got a 400 volt car, about a 20 minute charge. If you've got one of their 800 volt cars, a 12 minute charge to get to 80 percent using a 500 kilowatt charger blows my mind what the chinese are doing you know if i get a 150 kilowatt charger i consider myself lucky with a decent amp amperage connection as well to the grid let alone 500 kilowatts a 12 minute stop is amazing and in china as well they're changing the rules so they will allow e-mirrors or electric mirrors cameras in other words uh in evs for the first time lotus the owned by geely of course lotus electra is a beautiful high performance car uh, that'll it's a hyper suv and they're going to come with electric mirrors like you've seen on things like the audi e-tron for the first time in china uh, it's going to cost another two thousand three hundred dollars as an option but when the rules get changed on july the first you'll be able to get your lotus electra uh, with these little cameras inside. I, that doesn't work for me again. But uh, if you want the toys, you can have the toys. The Electra comes in two versions, the S or the R, uh, which will do 0 to 62 miles an hour in 2.95 seconds. It's a bit rapid. Right, that's your podcast for today. Question of the week, taking a break, but it will return very soon. And thank you very much to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley and the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging, made simple. They've got one app and one map to use. Go and book yourself a nice stay at Millbrook Cottages, five-star luxury cottages in Devon. And thanks to Lease Plan Electric Moments, our latest sponsor, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>